After making it through our last seven episodes on biomechanics, hopefully you have an idea of what biomechanics is and what it's looking at. At its core, we're looking at what's happening and why. We talked a little bit about kinetics, the forces at play. We also talked about kinematics or the motion and dived into specific areas like the ground and putting, all really important info to understand. But what now? How does this get applied? And I've gotten a bunch of emails from y'all asking specific questions from different episodes, trying to figure out what to do. I remember some specifically on transferring pressure uh, or the kinematic sequence. And most of the time I replied with, you know, where are you at? Maybe there's a coach I can recommend. Because the application of biomechanics is different for everyone. Whether it's because of limitations in movement or you simply need different types of feedback and communication everyone is a case study of one. Today, we're going to talk about this application idea, how it might look, and some of the concepts to be aware of. We're bringing back some past guests as well as a new voice. Let's get to it. You're listening to the Golf Science Lab, where we're bringing to light important research and concepts that you need to understand to improve your learning and performance. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and welcome back to this episode. If you haven't listened to this season, we're talking about the golf swing. We've been chatting with biomechanists who research the golf swing and are helping us understand what's going on. Make sure to subscribe in the podcast app if you're enjoying it and leave a review to support the mission. Along with this episode, we have a few more left in this season. So stay tuned for next week. We're going to talk about some technology that coaches use. Uh, it's going to be a great episode, a few episodes on that. And if you want to dive deeper into this topic of the golf swing, we have you covered. Our next virtual summit is taking place in the end of April. I brought together an elite group of instructors and biomechanists to talk about what they do and explain why. Here's how it works. You sign up now, you save your spot, and then starting April 24th, we launch a new session each day over the course of eight to 10 days. You can go through the content right away, ask questions, get the education that you need, or pace yourself and go through it over time as you have lifetime access to the audio and video. I'm really, really excited about this in the midst of crafting this experience for you. Check out all the details at golfswingsummit.com. This episode is brought to you by KVEST. What is KVEST? Well, it's a 3D human motion learning system that helps coaches measure, assess, coach, and train to improve player performance. The part that KVEST does better than anyone else is the coaching and training. Their biofeedback, which is music which lets you know when you've moved into the right position, is an experience that everyone needs to have. The first time I used it, I couldn't believe how simple it made training the golf swing with simple external feedback. It's incredible. And it's gotten even better by going from static training to movement-based training with their new program called Next. Head over to k-vest.com GSL and watch a video of Martin Hall showing you the system in the real world and if you're a golfer, find a coach near you that has a system. And if you're a coach, to learn more about it. One of the challenges that we we run into a fair amount is um, this: this is biomechanics is a new field, and it, it can seem somewhat maybe intimidating at the beginning because there are some terms that are not commonly used in golf instruction. True. I think we all can relate to this. You know, anytime you hear something foreign or something new comes into your field or industry, you might initially want nothing to do with it. It's relatable. 
I see a tendency of instructors who want to sort of learn the minimum so they feel like they've got something of an understanding, but then immediately want to know, all right, well, what's the drill to fix it? In reality, if you if you applied that knowledge to it turned around and, and say I'm I'm a biomechanist, I'm trying to learn golf instruction. If I were talking to an instructor and say, right, well, here's a, a potential swing flaw or swing characteristic. And then I'd ask that, so, okay, I, I think I understand that. What's the drill to fix it? And most instructors would come back and say, well, I probably have three or four that I might try to work through and see which one really is effective for that golfer. And so the same thing is, is essentially true on our side. It's best not only to have a baseline understanding and one fix, but a little deeper understanding uh, to understand what the options are. So let's not jump to conclusions quickly. Let's take time to get a well-rounded knowledge base and gain a little mastery. And that probably doesn't happen in a weekend. You know, it takes a lot of study. It takes testing. It takes trying to figure it out. When I dive into doing these Golf Science Lab podcast seasons, I spend three to four months on each topic, you know, talking with experts, reading books, going through research, talking with researchers, instructors, and most of the times it doesn't start to make sense or click until a month or two in. It's frustrating, but it's the reality and it just takes time. If I could improve or, or get sort of one wish out of this is, is to allow for a little patience so that the people are willing to understand just a little bit deeper. And again, it doesn't need to be a degree in kinesiology, but a little deeper understanding. I mean, I think that'll actually allow instructors to better understand which category of drill or practice session is likely to result in improvement for different types of swings. I agree with this. You know, a big part of applying biomechanics and applying this research and information is getting a really good education, getting really good understanding. And I think that it's really wise for golf instructors and golf coaches to educate themselves in the body, biomechanics, and take a look at the golf swing like other sports look at technique. I think that we'd be better off. There's no need to stick to old paradigms when we have such great info coming out and so much good education is becoming more and more available. And after a while, things will start to click. And then all of a sudden your lens, you know, you start looking at things with a different lens. I still can't see degrees of, of how much your, your pelvis is open out of dress. But I can go, ooh, you know what? See that difference right there? We need to look at that. And then we'll put it on a 3D system. And lo and behold, it's correct. But I wouldn't have, without all the study, I would never be able to do that. Make sense? So it just helps me get there quicker. Let's get into how it might look when working with an approach based on biomechanics and with a biomechanist. Here's Dr. Phil Cheatham, our guest who shared on the kinematic sequence, talking about the application of that concept. If you want to put this into practice as an instructor, you need to buy or invest somehow in one of the motion analysis systems that are out there. There's quite a few. There's obviously KVEST, there's MySwing Pro, there's 4D Motion, there's Gears. I'm hoping I don't forget anybody. Of course, there's AMM still out there as well and TPI. If you can get a hold of that technology or even just go and get an analysis done, you can very quickly diagnose what's going on with the transition phase and with the downswing phase. Now, let me be quick to say, kinematic sequence has a lot to do with the body. Yeah, we can also look at the sequencing of the wrist, 
But the, the body aspect of it is the timing of the way you transition and the timing of the way you fire and downswing. So the question becomes, how do I teach that? Well, there's a series of drills and exercises that you can do that help you pass this along to your to your student. One of the things that I don't recommend, unless the student is an engineer or really wants to get into this, you don't have to do a, you know, a mind dump, if you like, of all of this technology and all of this science onto your athlete. It can overwhelm them most definitely. So the idea of the kinematic sequence and the idea of the motion analysis systems in my mind is to teach you as the instructor what's going on. You act then as an instructor filter and you take the, the cherries and you build it into your own teaching model so that you become a better instructor. The worst thing you can do is go, oh, look, your transition phase is out of sequence and you're downswing peaking order and you're not gaining uh, str strength or velocity from here to here. That would be a mistake. It's basically comes down to designing strength and conditioning program and designing drills that you will operate with on the driving range. So be careful. Too much information can be deadly to the athlete. Too much information can be deadly to an athlete. Interesting. I think a lot of people say there's too much data, too many things being thrown at a golfer because of biomechanics. But last time I checked, there's no requirement to show the student every piece of data and explain every piece of research and concept. Biomechanics does not equal complexity. I do think if, if you heard somebody if you heard me talking to Sasha McKenzie and you weren't sort of privy to the conversation, you would be like, that guy is out of his friggin' mind. But if you saw me apply it, you go, oh my God, the guy is as old school as anybody in the world. Biomechanics means smarter decision making when deciding what a student should or should not be working on, not complex language or a deluge of info toward a student. Here's an example of how this might look from Mark Bull. Mark is a golf instructor who's developed a 3D system, both 3D, and spends a lot of time working in this space, working with golfers and working with golf instructors. In fact, I can tell you a real live example of a young uh, player this morning. Uh, had a very bad wrist. You know, he had some issues around um, some soft tissue damage in his wrist. But the wrist was not the problem. Yeah, the wrist was simply being asked to do things in response to what happened way in advance of the particular pattern it moved through. Um, so in his case, it was understanding, okay, what movement or what range is the wrist moving through that historically we know can cause pain. So it was quite evident that in transition, uh, the wrist was going into fairly excessive extension with actual an increase in radial deviation. So there's a lot of extension, radial deviation, in transition, which is, was clearly overloading and irritating uh, the, the joint structures and the tissues in the wrists. Great. Let's now go and understand why you're moving that way. So it's almost just good investigation back to how they stand so that the anatomical frame they employ the dress and conceptually actually what they're trying to achieve. So actually kind of just get you know into a good discussion with this young player and his coach that Actually, what it connected back to was conceptually how he was trying to initiate backswing was actually the problem. So what he was trying to achieve in his backswing through how he understood or saw the initial move 
was then making the wrist adapt and making the wrist adjust in transition in an attempt to then find impact. So the wrist was just simply responding in transition to what happened in the backswing. But how he moved in backswing was actually down to uh, a conceptual issue. So with this young lad, he said, well, I get the wrist is the problem, but the actual real point of interest is maybe just slightly adjusting the concepts around how you see or how you understand um, the start of backswing purely from an anatomical understanding of kind of joint movement. It, the irony was is how he actually moved around his lead wrist at the start of backswing. So that the first movement backswing was clearly causing a response in transition, which is why he got wrist pain. So by you kind of say to the guys that by getting better at that, that being set up in that first move, but actually solve that, that being the wrist pain. So, so they get very, very good at kind of almost to solve the problem, you have to work away from the problem. We heard a lot there, but it shows an interesting process. There's a problem with the wrist, pain and limitation, and then diving back and figuring out what was going on and what was the root cause, trying to figure out the why, which led to looking at setup, posture, and helping change the individual's concepts. And you know what's funny is a lot of the best coaches with the very best education, the very best research and technology, talk about setup a lot. The thing we might think of as the simplest is where the best spend a lot of time. Just a little insight there for you. All right, Mark's next step. Let's see where he goes. Do you want to make a change or an improvement? So what do you want to achieve there? Do you want to change something or do you want to improve something? Because change can go in both directions. Change can also be a regression. So you've made a change player X, but you've actually achieved some regression in how you move. So I'm very big on that with players. So they understand, okay, is it change or is it improve? Let's, let's improve how you move. So through using things like obviously audible biofeedback, which is pretty well accepted within kind of motion capture and 3D, I actually quite like combining some visual stimulus. So it might be using biofeedback alongside some mirrors. So one of my big encouragement is players understand what feel looks like so it kind of feels like this through the feedback but it looks like this through the, the visual reflection through the mirror so they start to match up wow that's what kind of feel looks like or wow look kind of feels like this so you kind of see it both ways again so i'm very big on that as far as how i would almost i kind of do a lot of my hands i might kind of use my hands as a little constraint so going back to some of the dynamic system stuff and some of the guys that do a wonderful job around um, the kind of constraints-based coaching. There's, and there are some very, very good ones out there at that. I would use my hand to say, just as you move back, whoever it might be, just avoid touching my hand or avoid the, the pelvis moving towards my hand. So you kind of give them a constraint without actually touching them and have them almost figure out in some ways, okay, they get there. How do I get there but avoid that? Okay. And I would use the feedback, the biofeedback to reinforce that. And you can kind of go into biofeedback, you know, that in itself. You can use feedback in two ways, to try and avoid something or try and achieve something. Again, I can only speak in my experiences. So I'm sure there's people that would maybe have a different use of feedback. I always typically try and use it as an achievement. So people go, yes, I got it. I achieved it. Fantastic. I managed to move in the way that we discussed rather than, ah, oh, damn, it's that real, damn, I've done it again approach. So I think feedback can have a huge, as in biofeedback this is, I think biofeedback can have a huge positive influence on someone's awareness and someone's kind of um, feels when you try and have them achieve a movement. It's like, yes, I got it. Big thing here is biofeedback. Let's talk about that quickly. 
biofeedback is um, certainly audible biofeedback. And there's, there's a few different um, types of biofeedback. Audible biofeedback in my system is, is a real-time audible device that as and when a player moves into or away from a tolerance or a range that we would discuss between the whoever's involved in the, ses- the session, if they move into that range in real time, a live beep will come on. Or if they move away from that range, again, in real time, the beep will go off. So it really provides real-time stimulus and real-time feedback that when they move in one way, it will come on or off, or when they move in the other way, it will come on or off. And um, certainly the, the bits that I've been around and the bits that I've read, again, how true this is, I don't know. So I kind of say this without education and without the real robust science behind this, but the bits I've seen is that to really, really improve the way someone moves, it has to be done in real time. You can do drills, you can do mirror work, you can do all this kind of stuff, but it's a different task. So when the task reverts back to, okay, this is now hitting a shot, invariably you just kind of um, go back to the existing code that you have. So the task change hugely influences the movement. And um, so I found in my experience that the, the only real way to truly, truly improve and uh, resolve whatever issue you have, it must be done in real-time feedback. So you can have biofeedback, obviously, during a lesson with an instructor, but what about practice? What about performance when that feedback isn't there? How do you set a golfer up to be able to take this feedback beyond the lesson tee? So player X is on the range, they don't have the biofeedback, they don't have uh, the coaches and myself around them, so how are they going to maintain and be aware of what they need to avoid and what they need to play with. I always try and encourage the guys at every session to actually start the session with just remind yourself very loosely what your old patterns, what are you trying to avoid, what is the real movement you've got to go, hey, just be aware of this. But then spend the rest of that session reminding and reinforcing what do I need to do to avoid that happening. So actually, people don't value failure enough, and a failure can be hugely, hugely helpful. So I'm not talking spending 20 minutes doing old movements. It's just like one or two. Okay, right. My feels today, and feels can change every day based on, you know, just real human biology. That will change the way you feel. You know, even New York at the weekend to London today, you're going to feel different for multiple reasons. So understand that when you move in the old way, today it feels like this. But when you move in the way we discuss, today it feels like that. Rather than saying, let's try and find yesterday's feeling. Well, You've moved on since you're not the same human that you were yesterday. So you're going to feel different compared to yesterday when life was great. It was 25 degrees. It was chilled or whatnot. And that's why I think some guys get misguided. They try and find yesterday's feeling. But you're not you're a different human being to yesterday. We've got to reset stuff. Start the session. Remind yourself maybe just once. What's your old pattern? What do you need to avoid doing? Now, based on what we discussed yesterday. How are you going to move away from that? Okay, so today it feels like this. Therefore, that's your feeling for today. Everyone is a case study of one. So essentially what works and why it works for you and what changes when you revert back to old patterns or bad feels. And then it's understanding what, what was behind that change. The influence on that change was what? So I think that would be my, my kind of short reply is to understand individually what works and why rather than having the individual conform to someone else's value someone else's whatever you want to call it range or average 
And those are great words to end on. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com slash insider to get access to the content first and stay up to date on what we're documenting in golf science. Next few weeks, we are diving into technology. We've talked a lot about biomechanics. We're going to be looking at launch monitors, pressure mats, force plates, 3D technology, motion capture, all of these things that make a lot of this possible and that are able to collect data on this. So stay tuned. We're talking with all of the companies. We're talking with coaches, experts in this. It's going to be awesome. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker is edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. Music includes Under Suspicion by Lee Rosevere, Attribution 4.0 International, Belumina by Little Glass Men, Attribution 4.0 International. And we'll see you all next week in the Golf Science Lab. 